Are you ready to realize the true potential in your life and help others do the same? Get equipped to create a thriving future with the Secrets of Success podcast. Inspire others to live, lead, and work on purpose. And experience the joy of watching satisfaction and productivity come to life. And now, here's your host, Dr. Ken Keyes. Welcome to the Secrets of Success podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Keyes. Well, this week, we have a long-term friend of mine, Ken D. Foster, who's written a new book, Courage to Change Everything. Now, Ken's expertise is on helping others in coaching success principles. And Ken has got several books that are out. He has another one because Ask and You Will Succeed. Now, it's interesting. One of the things that Ken's going to get into is just a lot of details about habits, procedures, processes, systems to be successful in life, to be able to get you where you need to go. I mean, one of the things we do here at CRG is we have these tools and resources around values or personality or self-worth or wellness, because Ken's going to talk about that as well, is really developing the whole person. And it's interesting, those people that are in this space of uh, holistic development believe you know you need to develop the whole person if you're really wanting to get to the level that you want to get you can't have a successful career and then forget your family or just work in your family and not worry about your health so all of these fit together and so enjoy this um, uh, session with Ken uh, I apologize there was a little trouble with his mic in the very beginning but otherwise it's a great high content you want to listen to it more than once I'm sure and thank you for being an SOS listener share and pass on as uh, you're able to let all the other people know out there about the secrets of success thank you for listening and here's our interview with Ken D Foster well our guest today is a longtime friend connection colleague where we got to know each other over a decade ago in this development space and he's an expert as a coach, as a strategist. He had a large group of coaches that were serving hundreds of organizations all around the world. He now has a podcast and radio show that is syndicated. So he's very, very successful. He wrote the book, Ask, and you will succeed. But he has a new book that's coming out, which we're going to talk to him about today, which is called Courage to Change Everything. Please welcome... Ken Foster, or Kenneth Foster, and that is a very good first name, if I would say myself, Ken. That's my good Gaelic name, Ken, but uh, you, uh, yeah, I go by uh, Ken Foster, Ken D. Foster, so yeah, Ken, Ken is fine. Ken and Ken. <laughs> Ken and Ken. Well, uh, welcome to the show, and thanks, Ken, for taking the time to kind of play with us in the pond today. You know, you've been in this space for, you know, really as a consultant that for 35 years or 20 years, depending on how you look at your bio. So what we like to do in the beginning is get to know you and your journey. So Ken, you know, where were you born and what was sort of your, uh, your background and your family when growing up? Yeah, I grew up in Southern California. I'm one of the uh, few uh, Southern California natives left in the uh, state. <laughs> and uh, I grew up in a middle-class uh, family. I lived in Whittier, California, and went to uh, high school there. And uh, came down to San Diego, went to San Diego State, and then decided that it was time to open my first business. Um, it was interesting, but uh, I had these skill sets that were like built in. I didn't take any business classes. I didn't uh, 
study accounting or business law or business anything. Um, and yet when I opened my first business, um, we went from zero to about a million dollars in sales in the first year and a half. And uh, I was, uh, that was it. That launched my entrepreneurial career. And what was that first business, Ken? It was uh, waterbeds. I started a waterbed wow. uh, store, and then I grew, uh, I grew a chain of them. So that's what I did first. And, um, yeah, like I said, it was successful. I learned a lot of, a lot of things about business in that first venture. And um, just as many things as what to do is what not to do. So um, that venture failed after a few years, and um, I decided that I needed to be in the manufacturing. So I needed to be on the manufacturing side of that business. So I went into that, and I found that I was not cut out for manufacturing. I was bored within six months, so I sold that business to my brother, and he ran it for another 10 years. Well, that's good. You know, if you have a business you don't like, just sell it to family, right? <laughs> just sell it to family. <laughs> but he loved it. He he uh, he excelled in it. Oh, and that's great. He, uh, you know, he created uh, you know as uh, 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 wealth for his family with that business, and um, he ended up having a couple children, and you know, his wife and him uh, stayed in San Diego as a result and uh, bought their home, and yeah, so he he did real well with that. Okay, well, that's excellent. Now, I do want to back up just a little bit about the nature of uh, you know, your family growing up. Were they entrepreneurial or what was sort of the background through your parents? Yeah, my, my family, both my parents worked for the state. Uh, my mother worked for the Department of Motor Vehicles. Uh, uh, and my, actually, she was a stay-at-home mom in the beginning, but then she, got a, she had a 30-year career with the Department of Motor Vehicles. My dad worked for the state also. He was a... LAPD uh, cop, and he served wow. for over 48 years. Wow. So yeah. what was that like growing up with an officer in, in-house? Oh, I, I was pretty wild, Ken. I, I think I was probably, uh, if you believe in reincarnation, I think I was probably paroled to him. <laughs> <laughs> I get he, that. He was a great guy, and he's no longer with us, but he was a, he had a big heart, you know, and... and knew a lot about people, knew a lot about relationships, knew how to really assess people very quickly, which you'd have to mm. do with that job, especially if you're going to stay there for right. eight years. He also knew a lot about uh, building team, and, you know, he was a guy's guy. You know, he, he knew a lot about men and how men operated and how men, uh, you know, how to motivate men. And, you know, he applied a lot of those principles on me. And I think in his heart, he always wanted to be a entrepreneur. Um, he wasn't very successful at it, but he uh, he taught me some of the core principles of being an entrepreneur. I can remember when I was about 10, 11 years old, he uh, went to what was one of the first swap meets in the state. He took me out there, and I'll never forget, he brought a, a toilet that he had replaced, the whole toilet, and I said to him, Dad, you, you are never going to sell that broken toilet to anybody. And he said, I'll not only sell the toilet, I'll, tell, I'll sell the broken toilet seat with it. And I said, nobody's going to buy that, Dad. And he said, well, son, you need, to create, you need to create value. You need to create something of value so somebody will take that toilet. And I said, there's no value in it. It's, it's no, no use to do that. But what he did is he put a a bottle of uh, 10 high whiskey 
inside the toilet. And he said, anybody that came along, he said, you know, if you buy the toilet, you'll get the whiskey. And sure enough, if somebody came along and bought that old toilet <laughs> and got the bottle of whiskey. Uh, yeah, I don't know if they bought it for his creativity because people were laughing and going, man, you know, you're probably going to sell this thing. But it was a, a life lesson for me in sales to create more value than, than a person um, uh, may normally see on the surface. If you can convince somebody of the, of the value of anything, you know, they're going to buy value. And they may mm. not buy the object, but if it's valuable to them, they'll buy it. Mm. Oh, awesome. Awesome. Well, that's a great story. I appreciate that, Ken. Uh, with it now, I do want to back up a little bit. You said that you were in selling waterbeds. By the way, I was one of those waterbed owners way back when, if you can believe it. And um, you said it failed after a while. What were some of the contributing factors to that? What did you learn through that? Well, uh, yeah, we always, you know, there are no mistakes in life if we learn. That's what I've learned, and that was a huge learning lesson for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I what I found was that I had. Uh, not anticipated the competition because when I got in that business, there wasn't a lot of competition. So competition came in, and they started undercutting prices. So I I didn't I didn't uh, pay attention to that. I kept uh, my prices as high as they were, even even made them higher, which which cost us in sales. I also learned a lot about uh, the integrity of people, and um, you know I attracted some shady characters, I would say. In that business, uh, when I uh, when I started to franchise it out, um, you know, it was uh, it was a hard life lesson because you know what I found is that you know even people that are kind of shady have big hearts, and so I was guided to work with these people because I really thought I liked them. You know, I liked their heart, I liked who they were, um, but as it turned out, you know, uh, falling in love with their heart, falling in love with who they are as a person. This isn't necessarily the best business decision. Mm-hmm. You know, we have to look at experience. We have to look at um, uh, integrity. We have to look at um, their uh, work ethic. Um, and those are things new and foreign to me. I will tell you this, Ken. I read a book right when I uh, got into business. It was called Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. Of course. And a favorite of mine. Just brought that to me. And... You know, I didn't know how to apply all those principles at the time, but I sure um, it sure intrigued me. And we we ran sales meetings, we ran uh, meetings around uh, uh, determining what we wanted, creating masterminds around it, focusing our energy uh, around what we wanted for our store and for our customers. So a lot of principles in that book that I did apply to this business. But some of the other failures in that business uh, were cash flow. I didn't realize how to manage cash flow. Even at the end of the business, I got smart and brought somebody in that really knew. It was a little late for us at the time. Mm-hmm. So I think you know the key lessons there are you know for anybody starting out uh, as an entrepreneur, um, you know there's there's key elements in business, right? We've got you got to first of all you got to have a great idea. That's good. Second of all, you got to make sure that you have um, uh, a, uh, uh, I want to say, a noble, uh, a noble goal around it. Noble goals for me are usually around servicing customers and helping customers and building customers, right? Next, you got to have the uh, practicable pieces in business, right? You got to have your accounting systems down. You got to have your sales systems down. You got to have administration. And one of the things that I've I've learned over the years, Ken, is that, you know, we are all connected. 
right? You know, back in the day when I first started that, I thought I was the king chief, king chief and they, I had the uh, personal assistant or secretary, and then I had the salespeople, and I kind of thought I owned all these and didn't see the interconnected, what I did, how it impacted them, what they did, how it impacted me, and how it impacted each other and our whole business, right? So, you know, the networking within the organization is so key to the success of the business. I um, recently um, had the opportunity to listen to the uh, chairman of WD-40. He took the company from about $2 million. Actually, it was the president, not the chairman. Uh, excuse me, CEO. He took the company from about two, two and a half, uh, twenty. Uh, excuse me, two hundred fifty million to several billion. I think they're about four billion dollar company. And when he described what it was that really changed the the uh, culture around, so that the company could be not only um, a company that uh, created success in profits, but they created success for their people. And he said they did one thing. He said they turned it into a tribe and as opposed to a team. And he mm. said uh, to all of us, he said, you know, tribes, uh, if you think of American, Native American tribes uh, in any, in, on any continent, um, uh, not Native American, uh, in, indigenous tribes on any continent, he said those, those people, you know, they, they share values. They help one another. They're there for one another. They're helping each other grow, evolve, develop. Mm-hmm. So that's the culture we created in WD-40. Now, had I known some of those principles way back when, hmm, I think I would have been a lot more successful in business. Well, isn't that interesting, Ken? When you turn 50, you wish you had the maturity when you were 20, but that's you have the maturity of 50 because you went through it. Yeah. Well, I've created many successful business since and and coached hundreds of individuals that have uh, tremendously successful business as a result of me learning what I need to learn and applying and helping others apply them. Well, thank you for that, Ken, and I appreciate that. And I agree with you around this tribes where, you know, just really getting connected. I was just interviewing somebody else recently, and, you know, there's a big difference between inspiration and motivation, right? Inspiration yeah. is internal. Motivation is I, fire, I have a fire under you. Inspiration is I have fire in you. So, right. uh, so same thing around the, the tribe side. Now, I do want to transition a bit, Ken, because you have a lot of wisdom around and you know coaching and now really being a host of your own show and interviewing other experts around the world. Tell me about this new book, Courage to Change Everything. Where, where did that come from? Where, what, was the, what was the inspiration for you writing this? Well, what inspired me to write it was my clients. And my clients would come in and they would create success when I when when you know, we set up goals, set up ambitions for them to do and they'd get all fired up and I'd ask them to look at what needs to shift with inside of them. They they'd make those shifts, they get fired up. And what would happen is uh, a few days after working with me, uh, I would find that they would their enthusiasm and their actions both tapered off. And I thought, man, what can I do to help people so that they can stay fired up all the time? And I remembered, you know, there's a little book that I've been reading for years uh, that, um, uh, that helped me do that. It uh, was uh, written by, by a guy by the name of Paramahansa Yogananda, an Indian sage. And it just was daily 
you know, a little daily wisdom combined with some questions, combined with some inspiration to look within ourselves, uh, you know. And I thought, man, you know, this thing has helped me so much. What if I wrote one for business that really helps people in uh, look at their business and combine it with their personal lives? Because I have found that working with individuals that it's we're holistic in nature, right? <laughs> What's going on in our personal life is probably impacting our business life and vice versa. So I thought, let me write this book and let me, let me uh, uh, give people a daily message of, of courage to inspire them to take their lives to a completely new level. See, I know at this very moment that you and me and, uh, and all my clients and anybody that's listening to this uh, can achieve extraordinary feats by harnessing that unlimited power of courage. And I know this because I've used courage to transform every piece of my life, Ken. So if um, if I can do it, you know, this uh, fellow that really came up in a middle class family with uh, really not uh, no, no, you know, I didn't inherit any any big giant chunks of money or anything. <laughs> I just started as an entrepreneur with a dream. Um, if I can do that, I believe anybody can do it. And I think that what I've done is I've studied. Remember, I started out, uh, you know, failing in a waterbed business, but with the the motivation to always find out what makes us tick, what makes me tick, what creates success in life. So, you know, I've interviewed hundreds of business owners, probably like, a lot like you, Ken, mm. hundreds of people to understand their, their not so much their, their uh, even their strategies. I want to know their mindset. I want to know what is it inside of them that created success unbounded compared to many other people. And I've, and I've harnessed that. Over the years, I wrote all those principles down. I wrote, uh, you know, I connected with the wisdom. I tried a lot of the um, principles myself because I don't believe we need more head knowledge. I think we need knowledge that helps us actually accomplish something in the world. So I put all well, just So I'm going to stop you there for a second, Ken. Yeah. Explain the difference between that. So I don't need more head knowledge. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like, you know, a lot of people go to school and they get a degree. And they come out in the real world and they have no clue how to apply that degree in the world. So they've got head knowledge, but they don't have pride. They don't have, there's no wisdom or um, uh, applied application of that knowledge on a consistent basis to be able to create success. And I think a lot of people, especially entrepreneurs, run around. Uh, I, you know, I'm just recently been uh, connected with uh, several people that have been taking a whole bunch of different workshops and very expensive workshops, um, and to no avail. It hasn't helped them at all. I had this one person that came to me that signed up for a workshop uh, that was fifty thousand dollars, and they she asked for a refund after about ten days, I believe. And they wouldn't give it to her. So she said, all right, I'm going to just go through it. She got absolutely no, no benefit from it, zero results. I've had several others that have, taken, uh, that have invested in a lot of personal development stuff to no avail. And I'm just like, oh, my goodness. Um, you know, I, I feel really bad because they, you know, they have personal responsibility for knowing themselves you know, and they're being talked into these programs time and time and time again, thinking that something's going to help them. And it's not. And I'll tell you the missing ingredient. Mm, what missing is that? ingredient is that piece that's in this book. It's called courage and it's called wisdom. 
you know, combined with daily strategies, okay? Listen, Rome wasn't built in a day. In fact, I love the story of the Chinese bamboo tree. Um, are you familiar with that one? I am. I am, but the, maybe not all the listeners are, so go for it. Real quick for the listeners. You plant the seed of this Chinese bamboo tree and you water it for a year, nothing happens. You water it for another year, nothing happens. You water it for another year, nothing happens. You water it for another year, nothing happens. About the fifth year, what happens is this tree shoots up 90 feet in about six weeks. So what's been happening with that tree this whole time, right? Well, it's been laying the foundation to, for this great expansion. So a lot of times we're trying to get information Okay, to lay a foundation, but we're not laying the foundation because we're just getting more and more and more information. So I always tell people, we don't need any more information. What we need is wisdom with applied application. Mm. That's what I've incorporated in this book. Well, thank you for that. And so, again, uh, listeners, the book's called Courage to Change Everything. So when you think about entrepreneurs, but let's just think about people in general in life, what are some of the mistakes beyond the one that you've, what you've said so far that people are making that we need to stop doing? Well, let me, let, me, let me just share this before I answer that question. Um, for listeners that would have an interest in finding out more about this book, they can go to thecouragetochangeeverything.com and they can pre-order the book right now. So we're... Uh, August of 2018. It's coming out in November of 2018. So you can pre-order it at that website or after November 18th, you'll be able to buy it there. Awesome. Okay. I wanted to clarify that. So what, what stops people from creating success? There's many, many areas that can stop people from creating success, but I want to give you some of the primary ones. I believe that Again, we don't need more information. We need more wisdom. How do we develop wisdom? Wisdom is developed through two ways. <clears throat> through experience of yourself, or maybe three ways. The experience of yourself, experience of others, or through intuition. So you can develop those three ways. How do you develop intuition? Intuition is developed in stillness, quite frankly. You know, Einstein said, all I want to know are the thoughts of God. The rest are details. Why did he say that? He said that because he realized that there was a, a mind that was over and above his mind. His little brain could think. He's a very brilliant man in, in thinking, putting combinations together with his brain. But there were certain things that he could not solve with his little brain, and he knew it. And he, you know, he called in other brains to, to help him, right? He, uh, Einstein was, uh, he was not a great mathematician. He was a great physicist. So he brought in mathematicians to help with his mathematical, uh, mathematical formula that he needed to prove the physics, right? Mm. But, what, but what he got, his major, his major breakthroughs came from this thing called, I'll call it the superconscious mind or the mind of the divine. But I like superconscious mind. And that comes in a place of concentration and stillness. So what do we concentrate on? It's kind of funny, but we're actually trying to concentrate on the stillness. We're trying to let go of the, the, the mind and all of the thoughts that are in the mind to go into a place of stillness. Well, when uh, you think about, sorry, Ken, when you think about today's distracted society, 
it, it mean even when we met nearly 20 years ago or 15, yeah. it's even worse since then. Just yeah. everything constantly, social media feeds, on it goes. The ability to be still, that, that's, yeah. that's almost an well, oxymoron. It's almost unheard of. Okay, so let's start with a step. <laughs> you know, one step can be turning off the television. Okay, watching watching electronics or TV for instead of eight hours a day, turn it down to four hours a day. Right. That can be a step. If you're at four hours, you go down to two. If you're at two hours, you go down to one. If you're at one hour, try try eliminating it for a, a week. Okay. so we you know, the the uh, uh, the information overload that we have created in our society and, and as a result within our own home life and in our in our own mind. Uh, is not anything that's going to help you as an entrepreneur create success. Remember I told you these people that signed up for all these programs and paid mm -hmm. tens of thousands of dollars to go get them, they come to me after nothing's happened and they say, Ken, can you help me? And of course I can help you. Uh, but, you know, it's going to take, it, it might take everything you have to create a new habit. And the new habit is called disconnecting from everything, okay? So it's when we can disconnect. And maybe we need, you know, I don't know how many times, I, I, it took me a while to get this, Ken, but I would go on vacation and I would just disconnect from everything and I'd come back and my coffers would be filled up with new clients, with new business, and it happened not once, but time and time and time and time again. Wow. And thinking, how does this happen so quickly when I get after, get, sometimes it would just show up as I come back from vacation or every time within a couple of weeks. I mean, like, how does this happen? Well, I realized that I was disconnecting from the chaos, tuning into this, this super conscious mind um, in, in the mountains or in the desert or in the ocean or, you know, just unplugging. And what was happening is that I'd have intentions that I would want to, to take place. These intentions seem to be connecting in this superconscious mind. It kind of seems weird, airy-fairy, whatever you want to call it, but it, it's happening, okay? Just because we don't all understand it doesn't mean it's not taking place. Mm. And the, the other part that would take place is I'd be so energized when I'd come back that I would be on fire talking to somebody and, they, and, and I'd move them with my energy to, to do business with me, right? So this we can all do, and we do need to disconnect. We do need to, uh, to disconnect daily if we can, which is why I wrote the book, The Courage to Change Everything, because I think we kind of have to change everything in our habits. Like when I wake up in the morning, Ken, how about you? When you wake up, I'm sure you a lot like me. I wake up, my eyes open up, and I think of something that I'm grateful for, or I think of something good in this world, I think of something that's going to happen today, it's going to be amazing, just when I open my eyes up, because I've found well, how I start my day is a lot of times how I end my day. Mm. And then I take some time to meditate, to disconnect from even, you know, I want to I uh, tune into that super conscious mind. Hey, Every idea, every thought, all the wisdom that I've ever developed comes from that place. And then after that, I ask the questions. I'm introspective. I wrote a book called Asking You Will Succeed, 1,001 Extraordinary Questions in 35 Different Areas of Life, right? And I wrote that book so that we can introspect into, you know, what are the three most important things we can do today 
to generate, I don't know, $100,000 or, or $10,000 or $5,000 for somebody. All right? If we ask and we keep asking those questions, we will get different answers than we've ever gotten before. We will start to see that everything we see, feel, taste, and touch is very limited. But when we start to set intention, we start to ask different questions, we start to still our mind, we start to go deep within our souls, all of a sudden things start to make, show up and it's miracles, magic, and synchronicity start to show up in our lives. And of course, the way I define a miracle is just something we haven't understood yet. It's all science-based. It's nothing. There's, nothing. there's no such thing as a real miracle. It's really if we understand the principles behind it, which we will someday, then miracles be understood by all. Absolutely. Now, I just want to stop you for a second there, Ken, because you had, you had tons. People are going to have to rewind, go back. Rewind is a cassette tape time, but you're going to have to go back, re-listen to what Ken just said. But I just want to emphasize one of the things you just said about questions and asking the questions. You and I both know, we met Mark Victor Hansen years ago together, yep. and he said, you know, the quality of the answer is based on the quality of the question. And so what you're saying to the listeners is that if you're not getting the answers you seek, it's really, you have to increase your question. You have to refine your question. You have to be thoughtful about your questions. You have to be reflective of your questions. So I'm just encouraging the audience right now that you're listening that, you know, where are we missing something? And then where do I need to add some questions that will deepen, that will expand, that will um, widen the whole process? And well, I did, I, let, me, let me give you an example of that in my book on day 306. Um, there's, there's questions in every, uh, on every day, right? Because I, I couldn't agree with you more. We really need to, read, like you just said, Ken, redesign how we use our mind. Mm. We redesign how we use our mind. And one of the ways we do this is we redesign the questions we ask. So on, on 30, page 306 of The Courage to Change Everything, uh, there are three questions I ask. What are the qualities, and I put it in the first person so the person can relate, what are the qualities I possess that will make my dreams come true? Second question, how will I evolve my thinking to have all my dreams come true? And third, who must I become to live my dreams? If you will write those questions down and stop the, stop the podcast, go back and, and write and start asking those questions. And I, I love that you mentioned uh, two people that inspired me really to uh, understand how questions work and to write my, uh, my first book, which was Mark Victor Hansen and Jack Canfield. Both of uh, Jack actually wrote the foreword uh, to my first book. And if you don't know who these people are, they're the uh, people that wrote Chicken Soup for the Soul and sold over 200 million copies of that book. Mm -hmm. uh, I think it's over 500 million now. But what Mark and Jack had said to us uh, way back then, I mean, never forget, you know, Mark telling his story about getting the, uh, the name for the book, uh, Chicken Soup for the Soul, and how him and Jack asked, what is a powerful, best-selling book title uh, and they said, I think they asked it like 300 times until Chicken Soup of the Soul came, came up and, and they both liked it and agreed on it and, and the rest is history. But mm -hmm. that's the power of 
defining the exact question you want to ask and then keep asking it until you tap into the superconscious mind and it just pops it into your, you, you can be in the shower, walking down the street, talking to your wife. It doesn't matter. All of a sudden, boom, there it is. And you have that answer. And it's amazing. It's magical how it works. And one of the things, this just popped in my mind, Ken, as part of, and thank you for that, is what you're emphasizing here, and I remember this story, is that somebody says, you know, I, I'm not hearing any answers. And the guy said, well, if you would shut up and listen, maybe you'd hear something. <laughs> And so the part of the point is if we're if we're not quiet, if we're not still, both from a verbal point of view or writing or constantly doing, uh, then we're not going to hear those answers. And so you're not yeah. going to hear them unless you are being, you know, when we say still, whatever that works for you. My example for me, Ken, is I love motorcycling. And so that's kind of my passion in, in when the summer is up here, in Vancouver, I can't ride in the winter. I don't like to ride in the snow. But um, I just go out and ride, and that is my space. I listen to nothing. I just have everything around me, and I have to focus, and I'm just uh, really reflecting through that whole ride, and I just love it. And a lot of times I'll go out, most of the time, go out on my own to do that. Well, think about the, qual the, the, the parts that are involved there. Remember I said it takes focus, focus concentration. So you're 100% focused on the task at hand, right? In this case, riding a motorcycle. You're in a space where you've disconnected from everything else, okay? You're in there, you're out there, and you're, you're disconnected from your business, from your family life, from everything. You're just completely in that space. And yeah, I would submit, too, that riding motorcycles or doing, uh, being in nature or whatever that is for, for the listeners – um, when you're in that place, you're in a place where you're open to new possibility. So focus, concentration, you're in the zone, you're mm -hmm. in new possibility, and you're concentrated. That's when, you can, that's when something new can pop in. Absolutely. And so just leaving that space. So thank you, Ken, uh, for that. Now, what would be some other things that you would, that we do and don't do really as we go on this life of success and, and work together to be able to achieve our goals and our dreams? Well, I'll, I'll give you what, uh, what, I, what, we, what I do and what every successful person that I've never met does. And that is we create success habits. Habits that uh, we can consistently uh, do. So we might have, uh, in fact, I was talking to uh, Lisa Nichols, uh, the uh, motivator, amazing, probably the top motivator in the country right now for women, and Sharon Lecter, uh, they were both on my show the other. Sharon Lecter is the uh, co-founder with Robert Kiyosaki of Rich Dad, Poor Dad uh, series. Yeah. And uh, so we were talking about, you know, what do successful people do? And, and honestly, we do a lot the same. We have success habits. So we eat. We have success habits around eating, right? First of all, our body. We take care of our bodies. So we eat. We put in fuel in our bodies that will create uh, 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 energy and vitality in our bodies. We create a success around exercise. So we're consistently exercising that body so to keep it vital and healthy and young and fit. Okay, that's just mm -hmm. the body. Then there's the mind. 
And in the mind, we're constant learners. We're, we're open up to learn new things consistently on a consistent basis. We don't come from a place of uh, rigidity where we know everything. We come from a place of wonder where we look to grow and learn and become all we can be. So that's the mind. In the spiritual side, we are, most of us are all uh, deep believers. We realize that the ego can only take us so far, mm-hmm. that the limited capacity of the mind can only take us so far. But if you really want to create something new and bring something new in the world, we've got to connect deeper in spirit and allow ourselves to disconnect and, and create practices or habits of meditation or prayer or uh, being in nature, you know, uh, just being in a place with your soul, your spirit, right? So mentally, emotionally, physically, and spiritually, we are all, we are all doing about the same thing. By the way, the emotional part, let me tell you that. Um, I remember watching my granddaughter, uh, Ella, my first granddaughter, and she was about three years old. She would get upset like crazy, like kids do, but, her, you know, within 90 seconds, she'd be done. So I thought, you know, I need to be that. I need to model that. Mm-hmm. So I set that as a goal. It took me about two and a half years to get to that place where I was at that. It took me about, oh, I don't know, five, ten minutes to calm down. <laughs> You know, no, nobody when, listening to this has ever been upset, right? Lose a pencil, <laughs> <laughs> and I'd be upset. But you know, I practice. You know, and I'm I'm at that place now. It takes me less than ninety seconds, general. That the emotion is gone, right? Um, there's a place in us. I want to say one other thing about emotion and feeling. You know, feelings, and I I, I delineate them because I think they're different. Feelings, uh, which I want to always feel, I feel everything, right? And, you know, it's, I've, I've worked hard on being able to feel everything, okay? Because at one point in my time, I was kind of numb to everything. So I worked hard on that. So I feel it all. But I know that feelings pass through my body within about 90 seconds. There's a lot of, lot of uh, research around that. But emotions are a little different in the way I define it. So you have an emotion you know, you have a feeling, but then the mind kicks in, and you're like, oh, you know, something happens to me. I don't, uh, you know, somebody said something mean to me, and now I start thinking about all the times that guy or, or woman said something mean to me, and now I apply it to globally to my life. Yeah, this is how my life's always been. People are that way, and I, now I've created something more than a feeling, and that can stick me in my body, in my mind for a day, a, a month, a week, maybe years, right? Mm-hmm. The the successful entrepreneurs that I that I've created that I've worked with I've been fortunate to work with so many amazing people that have uh, not only created uh, financial success but they have balance in their life they're they're physically fit they're mentally fit emotionally fit and spiritually fit so it's great to create you know money's easy to make but you know and and science can fix just about everything but it can't fix us. We have to do the work to be able to have balanced and healthy and vital lives if we're going to enjoy our wealth and enjoy contributing back in the world. Now, you just said something, Ken, that maybe not every listener would be in agreement with. They said money is easy to make. Yeah. So uh, you, you get to expand on that comment. 
Well, I want to expand on that because that's that's a uh, uh, that's uh, a belief that you should be listening. What is Ken doing? He's very successful in his life, financially, mentally, physically, spiritually, right? You should listen to that and and take that belief on. Okay. At one point in my life, I thought money was really hard to make. Now I had that belief going on even when I had a lot of money in the bank. Okay. Oh, it's hard to make. So I I thought I questioned that and I said, you know. I think I need to take on a new belief. And as I started to shift those beliefs around money, right, if I had a money story around that, that money's hard to make, uh, money slips through my fingers, uh, money is uh, uh, the root of all evil, you know, all those weird stories that I, me and a lot of people got growing up. And I thought, you know, I need to let that go. So as I, can, as I worked on that money story, Money started getting easier for me to handle, manage, and be with, right? Actually, it was easier to be with myself because I let go of all these stories around it. So I think people need to pay attention when they hear someone that's successful talk about a belief and you go, and I love that you question that. What does that mean? Because that's a belief that I hold today. I hold that belief because it's true. It's true for me. Now, it wasn't always true, but it is now. (laughs) <laughs> well, I, and I think it's important for the listeners to say, I want to just back up way up to when you started this segment here. Yes. And that is you talked about habits for successful people. Well, every single person listening to this show already has habits. They just might be the wrong ones. So our, we, we are an outcome of our habits. Our whole life really represents what we've done in terms of our thinking, which then moved into the actions and these behaviors. But we all have habits. It's just that we do, do we have the right ones? Do we have the ones that are going to propel us towards directions that we want to go? And so anybody says listening here, I don't want to do a new habit. Well, you already have a habit. It's just new. It's just uh, updating it. It's revising it. It's redirecting it. So it goes in the direction that you want it to go. And, you know, and I, I think habits are, they drive our life, right, Ken? So why do, why do resolutions not work, New Year's resolutions so many times fail? It's because the foundation, like we talked about earlier, wasn't in place. What's the foundation? Well, the foundation is the habit that we create, okay? That's the, that's the foundation. So it's like, okay, let's say somebody wants to lose weight, right? So they set up a goal and they get real clear with their purpose. So oh, I'm going to do this no matter what because... I want to live 20 years longer than my kids or whatever it is. Um, and then they go, well, okay, what do, I, what do I need to give or give up to do this? And they give up some food or they go on a fast, right? And then they take daily actions. And then about 15 days into it, um, and, and usually it's not 15, it's three or four days into it, um, it's gone, right? What happened to all that motivation, all that intention, that goal? And, and of course, the person might feel bad about themselves at some level, right? Mm. Well, it, it, we don't have to feel bad about anything. We just didn't have the underlying habit support uh, underneath it, okay? Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm, I'm a big fan of, of small steps. It's like, you know, if you're going to start out with a New Year's resolution, don't start out losing 20 pounds. Start out losing two pounds, okay? Start out with a small step and ask yourself, okay, what, what would a person have to believe to lose two pounds? What would I need to put in my life so I could lose two pounds? Um, what is the habit that I can create by losing these two pounds that will help me with the next two pounds? Okay? 
So I, I think we, we have to really create, like, you know, we're talking about habit. Habit is so important around success. And, you know, some people say it takes 21 days to make or break a habit. Some habits we can form within about three days. Others do take longer. Mm. But it doesn't really matter if you're committed to, and you have the courage, right? Courage, this underlying thing. We can't feel, taste, touch, or smell, but we all know what it is. If you have the courage to make the change, then you can start to develop the habit, okay? And, you, you know, everybody's a little different. What the habit's going to work for you isn't going to work for me. Um, but but here's, here's what I want to say about this, Ken, because this is important. Mm. Daily, the reason I wrote the book, The Courage to Change Everything, I should have put everything daily, okay? Because everything happens in the moment. We make the decision, we eat the food or not, we don't eat the food in the case of wanting to lose weight on a daily basis, right? So what happens daily is really important. Now, what we don't do daily is uh, it, most people don't have a daily introspection habit. What is that? Well, at the end of the day, it's so simple to implement. At the end of the day, you look at, uh, what happened and what didn't happen, okay, what worked or what didn't work dispassionately, that's the word, dispassionately, with no passion, and what you can improve upon tomorrow. So I asked three questions. What happened today that, um, um, that worked? What didn't work? And what can I do to improve tomorrow? So let's say you're on that diet and you ate the pizza, Okay, and you say, wow, okay, let me write that down. That didn't work today, all right? Now, unless you want to be insane and repeat the same thing every day, okay, that doesn't work, um, you would normally say, okay, tomorrow I'm going to improve upon this. Tomorrow I'm cutting pizza out. In fact, I'm going to cut it out for the rest of my diet, okay? You do, you make daily changes. That's the point, daily changes. So the courage to change everything daily and what happens at the end of a month, you look back and you go, wow, this happened for me. So you put your time in, you put your effort in, and you created a new habit by the end of, let's say, you know, maybe three days or 30 days. But what happens is that if you create success habits, they'll last a lifetime. They'll last a lifetime for you. Exactly. Exactly. You know? And that's, that's, that's how we create ongoing success. Again, Rome wasn't built in a day. Your success habits most likely won't be built in a day. You're going to have to work at it, but you can do it because, hey, what else are you going to do? <laughs> exactly. Stay on the same track, not have anything change if you don't change anything. One of the other things you said earlier, Ken, which is really important, which underlines this whole sort of habit methodology or process is our beliefs. And so, you know, when you talked about your money belief or even a belief that you are worthy, that you deserve it, those yeah. are even before the habits or they support the habits or whatever context you want to set it up is that it's very, very important that you get your belief structure uh, in shape to match where you want to go as well. Well, I, I have done a lot of work on beliefs in my own life. Uh, I work with beliefs around clients all the time. And uh, again, you know, uh, you can incorporate in that daily introspection, you can just ask. So let's say you, you ate the pizza, right? Okay, in this case. 
you can ask yourself, what would a person have to believe to eat that pizza, even though they're on this, uh, uh, this diet, right? And you can just introspect yourself. And you might, you know, I don't know is not an answer, by the way. That that's uh, you have to throw that uh, that thought out because that'll stop you. But you just keep asking. So what is it? What is that belief that someone would have to have to eat that pizza? Oh, I know it's not going to hurt me, or I don't care, or just the little bits. Uh, you know, give the dog a bone. But you know, it, those beliefs may be fine for somebody else, but for you, they may be dangerous. Hmm. So you have to look at the, those beliefs that when you're in, that's why I love setting goals, because you set a goal, you've got good intention, you do those steps I set, set the goal, get clear with your purpose, get clear with what you want to give and give up, take some action steps, but that's not enough, because then, like we're talking here, uh, you know, if you could have accomplished that goal, most likely you would have done it. Well, what stopped you? Most likely it was the beliefs underlying that and not having the right foundation that we talked about earlier. So now we're talking about the beliefs. What are the beliefs that a person would have to have that would stop them from, from accomplishing these goals? So if you look, yeah, that's what I said. It's, it's nice to set a goal so that you can question the beliefs that underlie that. And it sounds like maybe a lot of work for people, you know, it's, but it, it's, it's more work to stay in the miserable zone than it is to create the uh, excellent zone in your life. And um, I, I want to share one thought about that that I learned from Tony Robbins when I was working with Tony. Um, so uh, Tony said this. And I always never forgot. He says, Ken, he called me in his office and we were talking. He says, Ken, you know, if, uh, if a person has, um, uh, has good beliefs, okay, what's going to happen is they're going to get poor results. He said if they have great beliefs, they'll get good results. But if they have excellent beliefs, they'll have it all. Okay? So, you know, and we can apply that to just about anything we do. If you do a good job, you're probably going to get poor results. You, get a, you do a great job, you'll probably get good results. But if you do an excellent, the top, really work at it, then you get it all. And so why not have it all? Why not have a life that every day you measure your life by, am I getting happier today? Am I, do I have more well-being in my life today? I, I suppose you could throw in money there. Am I getting wealthier every day financially? Okay. Am I getting healthier? Because if you're not, you're probably going the other way. Right, because we're rarely stagnant. We are moving in one of the directions or another. Now, we're coming close to the end of the show already, Ken, if you can believe it. That flew by. We just, yeah, we just have a few minutes left or even less than that. So uh, before I ask sort of a final couple of questions, how, uh, just remind us again uh, for the audience how they might get a hold of you if they want to be interested in your coaching services or strategies or anything like that. How might they find out about you, Ken? And your yeah, that's great, Ken. Well, they can go to Ken D, as in Donald Foster.com, Ken D Foster.com, or they can uh, check out my, uh, my show, my radio show. I'm on Facebook, or they can go to Voices of Courage on Facebook, or Voices of Courage.us uh, is the website, and you can get a uh, download of all my uh, previous shows with amazing guests. 
And uh, for the book, they can uh, buy it at uh, thecouragetochangeeverything.com, thecouragetochangeeverything.com. Oh, awesome. Thanks, Ken. So, Ken, you know, we've covered a lot of ground in a short period of time, and thank you for all your expertise and sharing from your heart. As a parting couple of pieces of wisdom, which we talked about in the beginning of the show, what would you share with the listeners to encourage them uh, to take the next step, to go to the next steps, that they can do the next steps? What would you, I'm your client now, what's, what would you leave with me as part of this? Well, I'll say this. In today's world, there's too many people that stay stuck in uh, stagnation, you know, creating their lives from wounds or disenfranchised thinking or emotional traumas from the past, you know, weighted down and like we were talking earlier on some of their disempowering beliefs or toxic thoughts. Um, The next step is very simple. The next step is really a commitment to you taking your life to the next level, whatever that is for you, okay? And it's, it doesn't have to be something hard and difficult. It's going to be the worst thing that you've ever done. It actually can be something that you love. So think about something you love in your life that you'd really like to have in your life, right? And then, and then uh, they, if you listen to this program a few times, you'll get the success principles that I gave you earlier on on how to create success habits, how to set up some uh, powerful goals and intentions, Uh, and how to use daily introspection to generate the life that you've really wanted to live. So it's up to you. You can do it. I've coached hundreds of individuals just like you. I was a a total failure in so many businesses and stuff in in my life until I learned the principles. But remember, there's no such thing as a failure as long as we learn from our mistakes and Mm -hmm. apply those principles on a consistent action with future endeavors. So if you'll do that, you know you're going to feel good about yourself, life's going to get better, and you're going to go out and empower a whole bunch of other people. Well, Ken, thank you for that, and thank you for taking the time to be on the show. Hey, Ken, thank you so much for having me. I really, really appreciate what you're doing. I would like to uh, reconnect with you after the show, so let's do that. Well, for sure. And SOS listeners, um, just thank you for taking the time to listen, to, to give us your most precious commodity, which is your time. And just take everything that Ken has shared with you today and go back through it, listen to it again. Both of us are, not only are we podcast hosts, but we're actually podcast consumers. We know that the best way to learn is to kind of get into these spaces. So go back, rewind, re-listen, take what's really applicable to you, take those baby steps, take those little steps. If it's two pounds or whatever it is, just improving one relationship, then take those steps. And as we end most shows, if you like what we're doing, we thank you in advance for leaving a positive review, sharing it, passing it on to others. Thank you for listening. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Keyes. Thanks for exploring the secrets of success with us. If you want to keep the momentum going, log on to crgleader.com. Scroll to the bottom and sign up for our inspirational emails. You can also take your success to the next level by following us on Facebook and Twitter and connecting with Ken on LinkedIn. We hope you have a great week and look forward to you joining us next time for the Secrets of Success podcast with Dr. Ken Keyes.